a lot of optimism for that offense and what Magnervell is trying to do. And I think it does help this NIL and everything that's going on there. We'll talk about a new group tonight, I'm sure. But, you know, Florida State and what Magnervell are doing only only helps intrigue, bring back a team. And, it, and we talked about it throughout the year. This team likes playing with one another and they like playing for this coaching staff. And I don't think it's too hard to really advertise to them to come back when they have a potential to fight fight for the when you're bringing back Jordan Travis you're fighting for the ACC championship next year you're fighting to even go further than that to a New Year's Six Bowl you're fighting to a potential run in the college football playoff gentlemen this is I think that's exactly what Florida State is trying to gear up for and they, they've got it with Jordan Travis coming back Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Lug Robinson from the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDate.com. We are here on a wonderful Wednesday evening, back at it after a break last week, although I was with the flu, so not really a true break. But uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, a lot of stuff that we missed from last week and now starting off the week hot with a lot of transfer portal stuff to go over. we got some recruiting along with an opponent and Florida State's ball game that was announced. We've got some football-only facility update that we'll talk about here in just a few. A lot, a lot to cover on this show, so feels good to be back with me this evening. At the very top is VZ, our lead basketball writer at nolgenmade.com, and down below is our editor-in-chief, Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, feels good after a week. Missed you guys, kind of. I just feel good to be like alive again. I, those fevers suck. Sweating in bed, I highly suggest not doing that. If you got to go get a big flu shot, go ahead and do it. But flus still suck really badly. Yeah, glad to be back. Nice little uh, week off. Um, you know, I was on a bachelor trip the last couple of days. The the worst possible time to be away from the keyboard, away from the phone. You know, because you had the bowl game get announced on Sunday. The FBS transfer portal window open for underclassmen on Monday. A bunch of guys have hopped in the portal since then. You know, Florida State's also put out some offers to some transfers. So, man, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy four, four or five days. And then, meanwhile, I just had to suffer through another Florida State basketball game in I person this time. Yeah, I don't know about used to it. I don't – I wouldn't describe it that way. Um, but, you know, it's, it's another <laughs> loss in this season. So, it's keep coming. What is that? One and nine now. One and nine, and another. Oh my season. goodness! Yeah, the best player. Argue, yeah, uh, honestly. Yeah. Yep, we'll be talking about that and Cameron Fletcher's injury later on in the show. But at least Florida State football has got their nine wins, looking to get their tenth. Uh, at least there's some 
good news there and some players returning, including Jordan Travis, which we'll get to here in just a few minutes. As always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button, share it with your friends. Gentlemen, you know, there, I know there's rumors everywhere going around tonight. Some good news, either a Florida State player returning, one coming from the portal. You know, this is kind of just how it is now. Um, you know, with this whole portal stuff going on, there's always going to be rumors. There's always going to be eyeball emojis, I swear, every day. So just gear up, put the seatbelt on. We've got a long couple of weeks ahead until Florida State faces Oklahoma. Let's talk about the number one. Big news of the week, Florida State star quarterback Jordan Travis will be returning for the 2023 season. I think all of us on here on the show kind of expected this announcement to come. I think after about a month or so now, you know, Florida State NIL, uh, from what I was told, a very nice high six-figure deal is put into place to keep Jay Trav in Tallahassee. And just overall, I think having him on the field for another season puts him in a good spot to get his draft stock up, draft stock up. But man, oh man, Florida State gets their best player back out onto the field. Complete game changer and just continues to excite Florida State fans going into 2023. That might also intrigue a few other players to return. But let's specifically talk about Jordan Travis here, guys. What are your thoughts on his announcement on Monday? Man, oh man, this is a a big one for Florida State. You know, coming into this year, I think we all thought Jordan was going to make a, a pretty big leap in his play, and he did just that. We saw how explosive this offense has been in 2022, and it led to nine wins, which was even better than probably the most optimistic person on this podcast and Logan, who had projected eight wins in the regular season. So this team achieved expectations, and now you're looking towards 2023, and you know this could be another standout season for Florida State, maybe a season where they get 10 wins in the regular season and are pushing for 11 or 12 victories in 2023. We'll see how it plays out. But getting Jordan Travis back, absolutely tremendous for this offense just because of the upward trajectory that he's been on over the last couple of years under Mike Norvell, gets another year to work with Tony Tokars as well. And, I mean, we've just seen the leaps, the bounds that he's taken over the last year, year and two months or so. I mean, it was about this time – last year, late in the regular season, where he really started to show some strides, took it throughout the whole offseason, and just came out a whole different level um, this year. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what he goes and improves on this offseason as well. And having him back for another year, it also allows Florida State to continue searching for their signal caller of the future after Jordan Travis. You know, we'll see about Tate Rodemaker, but A.J. Duffy um, coming back. You've got Luke, Luke Cromenhoek committed. You've also got why is the name blanking on me? Brock Glenn, who recently flipped to Florida State from Ohio State in that 2023 class. So you've got a couple talented signal callers waiting in the wings that you're going to be able to evaluate a little bit more while you have Jordan Travis back for that fifth season in Tallahassee. And it all just adds up for Florida State because that should help you be able to convince Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, some of those other guys to give it another go in 2023 as well. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised that Travis is back. I've kind of been thinking it all year that as great as he's been, he doesn't look like a NFL quarterback. Because the thing with the NFL is, you know, offensive coordinators and head coaches in the NFL are very finicky. They're they want coach they want quarterbacks that fit their system. They don't want to revolve their system around the quarterback, which is what Norville's done a great job of. He's made this system fit Jordan Travis perfectly, utilize his legs, utilize his arm now. Um I'm really excited to see what another offseason is going to do for him. Like, like Dustin mentioned, just continue to grow with this receiver room, continue to grow with this offensive line. Um, 
the expectations are going to be high and for good reason next year because he was really, really good this year, and he can continue to get better. Jordan Travis finishing the regular season close to 2,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. That ratio is super impressive with a QBR of 85.3, and he's one of the top quarterbacks. You can say that. you know, Jordan Travis, Florida State, has one of the top quarterbacks in the country this year returning for another season under coach Tokars and his first season coaching the quarterbacks there. We saw the development there with Tate Rodemaker and what he was able to do in that Louisville game. But, you know, you know, we'll see how this affects the quarterback room overall, but just to show what Florida state is trying to do in this 2023 season is a little bit more intriguing to me than anything, because if they can bring back some of this town, you already know we've heard from Micah Pittman on Twitter saying that he's making a return. We were expecting Johnny Wilson to make, make a return. Also, you're looking at Trey Benson now, your star running back, you know, pretty much solidified his name as being the starter. You would love to have back another 1,000-yard rusher with Trey Benson coming into next season if you could. You bring back Sean Ward, too, depending on what he depend what he wants to do. And then there's a whole lot of lot to like about that running back room overall. Um, there's just a lot of optimism for that offense and what Magnarvell is trying to do. And I think it does help this NIL and everything that's going on there. We'll talk about a new group tonight, I'm sure. But, you know, Florida State and what Magnarvell are doing only only helps intrigue, bring back a team. And, it, and we talked about it throughout the year. This team likes playing with one another. And they like playing for this coaching staff. And I don't think it's too hard to really advertise to them to come back when they have a potential to fight. Fight for the when you're bringing back Jordan Travis, you're fighting for the ACC championship next year. You're fighting to even go further than that to a New Year's Six Bowl. You're fighting to a potential run in the college football playoff, gentlemen. This is, I think that's exactly what Florida State is trying to gear up for. And they, they've got it with Jordan Travis coming back. It's it's definitely possible, you know. We'll we'll see where it goes uh, from here. But I mean, looking at Jordan Travis's numbers, absolutely ridiculous. Twenty two touchdown passes to just four interceptions. Um, he added seven more scores on the ground. Was able to catch that pass for a touchdown in the Syracuse game. The only Florida State quarterback with uh, thirty plus total touchdowns in a season outside of the three Heisman winners for Florida State: Chris Winkie, Charlie Ward and Jameis Winston. So, I mean, it, it really has been a tremendous campaign in 2022 for Jordan Travis, and I think that's why you've got to be so excited about him coming back. You know, a couple of years ago, I don't think we would have said that Jordan Travis has a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks in the history of Florida State's program. Now it's a legitimate option that's on the table with a, another season under Mike Norvell. So we'll see how it plays out, but this guy's been a huge leader for Florida State on and off the field, and, man, this is just going to be huge uh, for the program. Yeah, we've talked about the offensive pieces coming back, but what about on defense? Kalen Deloach just announced he's coming back today. Jerry and Jones, who played a little bit better down the stretch, wasn't great throughout the year, but he's back for another year. Renato Green, there's a lot of guys on that defense coming back. Obviously, we're still waiting on Fabian Lovett and a couple other guys, but there's plenty of talent all across the team coming back next year. And like Logan mentioned, there's they should absolutely be in the ACC championship race, um, especially with what's going on with Clemson, with, with DJ transferring out. Obviously, they've got a very talented quarterback there now with Klubnik, but there's plenty of question marks with that team. And they lost a lot of people in the transfer portal besides DJ. Um, mm-hmm. so there's, there's plenty of opportunity in this ACC and especially with no divisions next year, you go out to the top two teams. That's what I was going to mention. Yeah. No divisions next year. Florida state would be fighting for an ACC championship 
if that would have been the case this year. And you saw UNC kind of fall in there. Drake May, although deciding to make an announcement tonight saying that he'll be coming back to the Tar Heels after some rumors that he'd be hitting the transfer portal. I'm sure there are some big time schools that would be interested in the young star there, but yeah. some names to watch in the top two names out of the ACC will be Drake May and Jordan Travis. And you've looking at too, looking at Clemson's quarterback. They, they've club Nick there. There's those are three really nice looking quarterbacks in that ACC room, but you know, Florida state, I think the biggest thing now is who do you come who who comes back with Jordan Travis? Who who comes back with your star quarterback? And you're keeping a very close eye. I think the number one name right now is Trey Benson. And then another one on the defensive side is Jared Verse and maybe potentially Fabian Lovett. Trey Benson, guys, I the, those two, Jared Verse and Trey Benson, are both roommates with one another. And they talked about it after the Florida game. They said they'll be talking with one another. They're going to spend time with family. You know, they're going to do their due diligence and talk with the coaching staff too. But I, I personally think another year for Trey Benson would be good uh, just to see, can he do Can he make another run like that again and put himself into a higher grade and put himself higher in, the, in those mock drafts for the 2024 NFL draft? Um, you know, and it doesn't, in, you can't fault for minor value using his do uh, using his advertising too to say, Hey, you know, we've seen, you've seen what we can do with you with this offense. Let's up it up a little bit more. And you could be, I mean, I know how minor likes to run through a couple of running backs, but that would be your pure starting running back going into 2023. I understand Treshawn Ward and his abilities, but it kind of came clear the physicality, the way that Trey Benson can get off those tackles and, make plays, get to the goal line, he, he's RB1 going into next year if he does intend on staying. At the same time, though, running backs have such a short uh, shelf life, especially in the NFL. You know, a lot of running backs barely make it to their second contract. So, you know, you can't really fault running backs for going there, getting paid as soon as they can, and hoping they can get that second contract before someone in someone else comes in and takes that place. So he could really go either way. No matter what he decides, I'm not going to be surprised, you know, if, if he comes back good this team's as good as it can be next year if he goes there's still plenty of talent in that room um and still talent to be decided with what happens with Cedric Baxter it's going to be interesting to see what happens because you can kind of make an argument both ways that both players if they do come back to Florida State they could improve their their stock but there's also a case for both of them going to the NFL you know like Austin said with Trey Benson having that knee injury already and then having this breakout season might be best to go ahead and try and go get paid in the NFL and then same thing for verse he's already showed those athletic capabilities made some plays that had people looking at him as a potential first round selection despite you know dealing with a little bit of a setback with a knee injury in the Louisville game and being limited a little bit during the middle of the season Um, so we'll see but at the same time it's very clear that these guys love playing together they love playing at Florida State and if there is an attractive NIL package on the table, I'm, I'm certain that they would consider all options. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out, especially I, I think a lot of guys, you know, with the way that this season has gone for Florida State, you know, so successful, a chance to get 10 wins. A lot of guys are looking at this like, man, maybe if I come back, we can go even farther. And like Logan said earlier, win a conference championship, make the college football playoff, make make more of a splash than they've already made this season that's certainly an attractive thing for guys who have been playing in a program that hasn't won a ton the last couple of years. And, and from Versa's standpoint, we've also seen what Coach JP can do with defensive ends, the development he can bring to those guys. Yep. 
you know, if he comes back another year, Verse is going to be scary next season. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, going over to the defensive side, two names to keep an eye on Fabian Love and Jared Verse and the decisions that they end up making. Fabian Love, I think all of us on here were projecting, yeah, last year, got a kid, take care of the family. But we kind of forget, yeah, NIL and the presence that it makes. And Florida State, there's a couple of groups now that have built up some steam here and have gotten with some local companies or been able to bring in funds and also seen the fan base jump in and, and open up their checkbook to hopefully help keep some of these guys, give them deals throughout their careers at Florida State. And, you know, now it's, hey, can we keep you for another season to make another run? And I'm looking at Fabian Lovett. We saw him go down uh, against LSU near the end of the game. Didn't get to see him for majority of the middle of that season, really, until later. Yep. And you and you got to see the, the what the difference he makes whenever he gets into that lineup. It, it shows whenever he's lined up next to Robert Cooper. But, you know, just looking at – I was spending throughout the last couple of days looking at some of the draft and some mock stuff and where they grade him. He's more – and like a fourth-round – type of area whereas going into the season i was like yeah this could be a pure second round third round guy second day draft night kind of dude but things change injury happened and uh, i think there's definitely still a lot for fabian lovett to he can up his stock there but let alone he's got a family to take care of and he can move on i just think there's some growing optimism at least from the last couple of weeks just hearing things i think there's some optimism that florida state is trying to keep Fabian Lovett to come back and and play in 2023, which we never thought that I don't we I think we all agree we were not really expecting that to be the case. Um, Lovett is another game changing guy for that Florida State defense. You just see how much better they play at least on the trenches and the pressure, and then allows a lot of guys on the outside like McLennan and Jared Verse to get to the quarterback, and then the run game defense it just changes, man. But Fabian Lovett. We've seen these last five games uh, since Fabian Lovett's been back on the field. He, he was limited the first couple of weeks, you know, Georgia Tech and, and Miami, and they were also blowing those teams out of the water. But um, just the impact that he's made on Florida State's defense since, since his return, it, it's been obvious um, on the field as far as plugging gaps on the offensive line, just doing what Fabian Lovett does out there as a physical defensive tackle who just makes you work every single play. Uh, yeah, I would be – I'd be pretty shocked if he did return to Florida State, you know, suffering that injury against LSU, missing a lot of the season. But like you said, Logan, maybe an attractive NIL package can get it done for one final season in Tallahassee, and that would also give him, you know, hopefully if he can stay healthy for next year, a full body of work to put on display for NFL scouts. Uh, and I'd be interested to see how it worked, you know, especially for him being – five or, or six years into his college career at that point. Um, you know, if he does come back, Florida State's defense, just looking absolutely insane for the 2023 season. You mentioned those four guys coming back earlier. We'll see about Tatum Bethune, um, Akeem Dent. Seems like Jamie Robinson is all intent on going pro. But other than that, Florida State, they might be able to do some serious retainment here of some other crucial players across the defense. Yeah, if Lovin haven't gotten hurt, you can make the argument he wins that game for Florida State at NC State because NC State was just gashing Florida State up the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just speaks to the impact he has. Like, like Dustin said, if he can come back, show a full body of work for next year, um, that, NFL, that NFL scout tape is going to look a lot better than it does right now. I'm not saying it looks bad, but when you have a full season's of work instead of just five or six games, it makes a huge difference in those scouts' eyes. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, plays a big difference whenever number zero is in the middle. And not only that, but big time leader too. We saw that and him making that emergence early on. We were down there for the New Orleans trip and saw him against LSU leading the charge, leading the huddle and leading pregame warmups. That's just who he is. And man, you know, this team looks to him quite a bit. And there's some youngsters in that defensive line room that are going to play a pivotal role next season that look up to him and a uh, huge, huge, big time uh, thing to keep a close eye on, in my opinion. Love it. We'll see. And then another one, Jared Verse, real quick. You know, I like we just after the Gator game, you know, just listening to the press conference and Trey Benson and the relationship they have, you know, not that, hey, we're friends and I can talk into staying or let's both talk each other into staying. But Jared Verse, there's still, still some things to clean up. And that's something that Coach Papp has talked about throughout the entire season. Now, there's some still technical things and you would like to see him maybe be a bigger force in some of the bigger games. But, you know, Jared Burse's raw abilities, I think, is what attracts the NFL and these scouts, I mean, salivating, salivating out of, after him. But I think there's big-time things where he can work on, and you could see him in games where he's just kind of bull rushing, going off to the edge and missing the run game. There's things overall that Burse can improve on for sure to make himself a first-rounder. I think right now he's great as around a second-night second, uh, kind of dude. But the the raw abilities are there. I I would take him in Pittsburgh in a heartbeat, but it just really depends on what Florida state can do to talk him into coming back for another season. I know they're doing that. I've been able to talk with a few sources there, you know, they they'd like to keep him for another season, develop him. You would have him, Derek McLendon along with Patrick Payton next year. That's a, that's an attractive defensive end room, definitely with the emergence and, uh, breakout year that we've seen Patrick Payton have, uh, which I'm super excited for Payton in 2023. But Jared Verse is probably, I think, the one that's not the closest. If I were to make a personal opinion of not staying, but I know Florida State is in the works of, of trying to bring back their star edge rusher. Yeah, like I said earlier, you can make a case for him to stay. You can make a case for him to go. And, you know, I hear what you're saying as far as making improvements as a player, doing more in big games. But it's like, does he does he try and make those improvements at Florida State or does he make it whenever he's a first round pick in the NFL and getting coached up at the professional level? It's a really tough choice for verse. Um, you know, Logan, you were one of the first guys to really hop on that bandwagon over the offseason. I mean, man, it paid off in, in more of a way than I think any of us would have expected with Verse going from, you know, FCS, making that transition to the FBS and now turning into a bonafide NFL draft prospect and less than a full season in, in Tallahassee. You know, he's only been here since January. It's not even a year yet since he made that official transfer over to Florida State. And, I mean, his stock has simply skyrocketed since the spring, since the summer, since the fall. And, I mean, even now, we'll see what happens in the bowl game. Depending on, I think depending on the performance he puts on against Oklahoma, that could also have a pretty big impact on him deciding to stay or go. If he really puts on a dominant performance in that bowl game, I could see him making the leap. Maybe if not, come back to Tallahassee. But NIL is going to play a pivotal factor in this one as well. And like you said, having him, McClendon, Peyton back, you're bringing in um, Lamont Green Jr., Keldrick Falk, still committed as well. We'll see what Florida State does. And the transfer portal, um, yeah, that defense in twenty twenty three, we're gonna it's we're gonna see what happens over the next couple of weeks as far as a couple of these impact guys making decisions to stay or go. But we've seen the back half of this schedule how good they can be, and and they might be able to take it to another level in twenty twenty three if they do get some of these guys back. Versus everything the NFL 
is looking for though. He's got the size, he's got the length, he's got the athleticism. Um, he's got the tape, especially this year. He was flying off the edges, especially early on in the season. He's got the personality um, too. And that, was, that was the yeah. next thing I was gonna say is the charisma. Like it's a guy that mm-hmm. commands the commands the room every time he walks in. He's got a very alpha mentality and you know, that's something that's neat on along the defensive line, especially in the NFL going up against, you know, huge offensive linemen. Um, mm. It's not like he's going up against Duquesne every week in the NFL. Um, mm. He's a very, very talented player. If he's back next year, great. If not, you know, there, there's still plenty of talent in that room that's coming in. And even still, they might take a transfer if he decides to leave. But you, you got to like the way Coach Papp has developed that room. Yeah, and at Florida State, they've got a lot to sell. When it comes to defensive ends, obviously Jermaine Johnson, a first-round pick last year. Here Thomas is still in the NFL right now as well, sticking around the practice squad for Los Angeles Rams. And then maybe with this one, you have another first-round defensive end transfer to pitch in Jared Burris. And then they've got a homegrown talent in Patrick Payton, who they recruit out of high school, who's now developed into the ACC defensive newcomer of the year. I think that's the award. But either way, a standout redshirt freshman season for – Patrick Payton, Florida State, they're doing well when it comes to defensive ends. I think you've got to be confident with what Coach JP and that staff can do in the future as well. You can also go to the league that you've already done, too, with Brian Burns and Josh Sweat. I mean, Florida State has turned into a powerhouse and developing and getting defensive ends into becoming stars over there. Josh Sweat having a monster season for the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the favorites to make a pretty decent run and the playoffs this upcoming year or so, or this year. So there's going to be a lot of advertising that Florida State's going to be able to do no matter what Jared Burris ends up doing here. Uh, there's a lot to like in the rim in the upcoming season for 2023. Definitely with Kedra Falk, who I really like. And then we've seen Lamont Green Jr. in person, d The get-off, the speed there is ridiculous. And, you know, his dad – He's been working with his son for a very long time. It's a legacy commit. He's put on some size, and I don't think there's anything to worry about with, with what Josh Josh Storms and the strength and conditioning mm-hmm. coach, what they can do there with him, because the speed is already there. We've got that. That's done. That's something that you can't teach. That get off, you, you just can't teach. The size and what he can do development. Uh, Technique-wise can be worked on with Coach Papp, and we've seen it. It's shown. Both of those guys have the ability to contribute – out of the gate, and I think it's really going to help that they should both be here in January whenever they sign their letter of intents later this month. And you've got to remember, you've got JUCO defensive end Jaden Jones as well, who is one of the top junior college prospects recovering from an ACL injury right now. But he shared with us uh, last month that it sounds like he'll be a full go, be limited in the spring, but he'll be a full go before fall camp for Florida State. So that's another potential guy out, um, off the edge room that could make a big impact for Florida State. Um, so I think you've just got to be really excited with the way that room is going. You've got some veterans in there. You've got some young talent in there. I mean, man, with the way Patrick Payton is playing, 2023 might be Patrick Payton's year. The kid has had a tremendous back half of, of the 2022 season and, you know, got some increased time due to some injuries along the defensive line. If verse was to go and Patrick Payton comes back and he's a bona fide starter from day one, could be a hell of a campaign for PP in 2023. Uh, there's a question here from Corey Mitchell on Facebook. Realistic, realistically, do you think we have a shot at being a top 10 team in the nation next season? You have a chance to be a top 10 team in preseason polls, in my opinion, just yep. depending on who you're bringing back. Well, yep. with Jordan Travis already announcing his return, that ups you up about five more spots, in my opinion. But yeah, you have a chance of being a preseason top 10. 
and especially with the transfers they're going after. Like if they land even one of these tight ends that are visiting uh, coming up, you know, you get maybe Verse or Lovett back. You know, that, that's a top ten team on paper for sure. And you can argue they're a top ten paper, or a top ten team on paper right now if you look at all the all the metrics, all the analytics. You know, they're consistently in that group with Georgia and Ohio State and Michigan. Like they're in that same group. They just you know got hurt at the wrong time of the season. And lost a couple games that they arguably shouldn't have, but you know, no, no doubt top ten next year. It's crazy. It's crazy to say it, but yeah, they definitely have a shot at being in the top ten of the preseason poll. But I think top fifteen, one hundred and ten percent. I don't see how they're not a top fifteen team. And you know, they could be. We'll see how it goes. They could be a top ten team at the end of this season after the bowl game, whenever they play Oklahoma. There's a question on here from 21 on YouTube asking, what's up, Logan? Why hasn't Johnny Wilson made a decision yet? Is he leaving? We touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, not expecting Johnny Wilson to leave anywhere. He's going to be coming back unless something wild changes here. We've already heard from Micah Pittman. We know Winston Wright Jr. is returning. They didn't get to see him take the field this season, the West Virginia wide receiver transfer that everybody was really excited to play this season. Johnny Wilson your Arizona State transfer, obviously making some big-time plays in 2022. Just too many inconsistencies with catching the ball here. I think there's another year of developmental for him, but I'm expecting that star, number 14, to return for Jordan Travis next season to be a big-time target. Uh, but, yeah, I don't. I think all of us on here are in agreement. Uh, we'll, we'll see Wilson and Garnet and Gold next year. Not even just inconsistencies catching the ball, but he got banged up a lot throughout the season, too. Um games where he's leaving early, games where he's limping off the field. Clean clean some of that stuff up, hopefully, and you know he'll be an NFL player at some point. I would be shocked if he doesn't return um, at this point, especially with Jordan coming back and Micah Pittman making that decision to come back, a, you know, one of his good friends and a reason that he transferred to Florida State from Arizona State. It was a really nice campaign for Johnny Wilson in 2022. I think you can see that uh, he's got superstar potential with that six foot seven frame and the speed that he possesses, despite being, you know, nearly 235, 240 pounds, he's just a freak athlete and a huge frame. And it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do for Florida State in 2023, especially with the bulk of that wide receiving core outside of Ontario Wilson coming back to Tallahassee. Uh, we saw the leap that the passing game made this season with Jordan getting near 3,000 yards. I don't, you know, I don't want to make some bold prediction, but four might be four thousand might be on the table next year. Whoa, 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 whoa! Watch out, definitely. Hey, if you can get Winston Wright Jr. fully healthy, whew, goodness gracious, there's a lot of explosion in that offense, and we are we we saw a lot of it this year. We saw a lot more than the uh, past couple of years. Florida State going and using their star players, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of Johnny Wilson next year for FSU. Uh, earlier this week, or actually on Sunday, we got to finally, I mean, I'm not used to this really much anymore, but had to wait all throughout the day on Sunday and, you know, with Notre Dame causing problems with the ACC and everything along those lines. A lot of bowls fine for some big names, including Florida State, but we finally got our answer there. Florida State will be playing on December 29th at 530 against the Oklahoma Sooners and Brent Venables. And the Cheez-It Bowl, we will be there for full coverage on that. But how do you guys feel about this? I saw some mixed reactions. My reaction was big name. Who gives a damn? A year later, you get to say, hey, you beat Miami. You beat Florida. You beat LSU. You beat Oklahoma. 
there nobody's gonna be looking at the record of Oklahoma and you have a stronger chance of getting that 10th win to boost up your recruiting transfer portal yada 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 why not and you get to do it in state in Orlando which you will be kicking off the 2023 season and against LSU it just all makes sense to be a good one and there's gonna be a lot of Florida State fans in-house for that one I would imagine the last time they played was in 2016 against Ole Miss so what do you, what are your guys thoughts on this one uh you know I, I think there's it's just like a hey uh Let's get the tenth win type of situation here. Not really. Who cares about the opponent? Where it's at? What bowl it is? Uh, this team seems pretty focused on just one thing only, and it's getting that tenth win. I'll be honest. I'm just excited that Florida State's playing in a bowl. Um, extend our se- extend our media season a little bit. Get to cover one more game. Get some traffic on the website. So I mean, I would have taken. I mean, <laughs> any any opponent, any bowl in the country, I would have taken. But, you know, to get Oklahoma a premier brand, the cheese it Bowl, close to Tallahassee and in the state of Florida where a lot of fans can travel, um, you know, Florida State, they should theoretically have the home field advantage in this game. And like you said, Logan, you're going to play in this stadium again to kick off the 2023 season. Makes a lot of sense to go down there, get familiar with this location a little bit, and it would just make that transition, I think, a little bit easier when you go back to play LSU um, – I don't I don't know the date. I don't I'll just say next next fall instead of next August or next September, but next fall. Um, but anyway, early you know, September, Oklahoma uh, premier brand. And like you said, no one's going to remember what Oklahoma's record was in six months, a year. They're just going to remember a Florida State finished with 10 wins in the 2023 season or not. And regardless, I think this should be an exciting one. You know, Brent Venables on the other side, a guy who's been a thorn in Florida State's side while, while he was the defensive coordinator at Clemson. Um, you've got Dylan Gabriel, the, UC, the former UCF star quarterback, who's made some exciting plays. Um, and he'll uh, – well, UCF doesn't play at Camping World, but he'll be back close to uh, UCF, so I'm sure some fans will be watching that one for the night. It, it should be exciting one, maybe a shootout um, on the table after Oklahoma lost to Texas tech 51 to 48 in the regular season finale. But looking at the stats, you would think that Florida state, they're going to be able to run the ball at will in this game against the Sooners defense. that has been pretty poor against the run. Yeah. I think it's one of the, it's, if it's not the worst run defense they've played, it's like the second the worst. worst. Yeah. It's yeah. either the worst or second worst run defense they've played all season. So that goes up. Uh, Right into Florida State's hands, I would say. And if and if Florida State can get 200 rushing yards against Clemson, I mean, God, what are they going to do against Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was a little disappointed that it ended up being Oklahoma, just because they were what six and six this season. I wanted yeah. a little bit of a better opponent, just so guys could go out, you know, shut some of the naysayers up. Um, but at the same time, it's a huge brand. You know, Oklahoma is one of the biggest brands in college football, and you know, this team owes Brent Venables at least one game. They own more than that, but at least get one back. Um, and give yourself some good momentum going forward because, you know, LSU is playing in the same stadium just a couple of days later in their bowl game. Um, it's pretty fitting that both teams end the season in Orlando will play each other in Orlando next season. Um, bowl looking, championship. Yeah, l- looking forward to it. I was selfishly hoping it was in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl here in Charlotte uh, just so I could actually Man. go to the game. But, um, you know, didn't You're get selfish. that. I am selfish. I just said I was. Um, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. <laughs> Can you imagine the look on Mike Norvell's face when he wins the Duke's Mayo Bowl? And they're like, all right, coach, we're dumping the mayo on you. 
<laughs> I, I was honestly kind of hoping that they were going to get put in the mayo bowl because that was going to be one of my questions. Like, how excited are you to get mayonnaise dumped all over your body? Do you think they'll throw just? You think they'll just throw cheeses at him as he's walking off the field instead this time? I don't. I feel like you know cheese. It's a class. A class. I think brand. they do that. I think they dunk them with. I think they do dunk you with cheese. It's out of a big old water container out of like a big old. I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be mad. Raid, but a power raid. It'll probably be a power raid. Yeah. Uh, did you see this on here? Four players involved in the two Cheez It Bowl games will be staying in the feeling the cheesiest hotel rooms per a Cheez It NIL announcement. Which two players from FSU should take this room, in my opinion? Are we thinking a lineman or are we going yeah, to get the pretty was, boys like. My, my immediate first thought was Robert Cooper. I feel, I feel like, I feel <laughs> like Robert, Robert Cooper. Take Cooper man. He's always the one. Who is it going to go to next year when Robert Cooper's gone? Who is the <laughs> next biggest guy? Who's it going to be? I, I just feel like he would take the biggest advantage of the cheese at room. You know, if, if you what put you Jordan Travis that? in there, you know, he maybe he, be... might, he, he might have just a little bit, but Robert Cooper's going to eat the whole room. He could go through a box. <laughs> Damn, he's going to eat the oh. whole room. <laughs> you know. <laughs> God, I'm still dying. <laughs> Uh, so well, you got Robert Cooper, but then who else is going to help in there? I feel like, I mean, I'll be honest. Dylan Gibbons has got a belly on him. Let's just be honest here. I'm sorry, Dylan, but put Marquise in there. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I was, I was also going to say maybe uh, Mo Smith because you know he needs to add some weight. Go, go eat some Cheez Its. Take a couple days. Go eat some Cheez Its. Put some weight on. I'll say. Our guy Dylan, who writes for us with NoelGameDay.com, uh, talking about Mike in here. That just brought up a good idea. He does the vlogs and everything. This might be the room to do them right here. He does all the travel vlogs whenever they're going to hotels, showing them off. And I feel that like room. It does appear to be garnet gold. Nice background. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, not quite, yeah. but you know, if you squint, close enough. Uh, I want to get in one of those. I want to get in one of those. It looks pretty litty forgetty, so. My favorite part is the Cooper, curtain. Right. The curtain even had a cheese it box on it. That was incredible. It's got, yeah, it's got cheese it box. It's got a rug. The pillows obviously are full of cheese its. I've heard Betty's rumors. Cheese its. I've heard rumors that the media members were going to get a personalized uh, like bag of cheese its or something. Personalized bag of cheese its. Now I want to go and I can't go. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, you better it's figure like a- it out. Damn, I can't. I'm already taking. Like, I already have to take off two days later for FSU at Duke. I can't take off both. The Cheese It Bowl guy was at one of them. Was at the, uh, the FSU versus Florida game, and I was just over here in the conversation. So, I would take a personalized box. That'd be pretty cool. Can't lie. To That's me. just a cool for some decor in the back. Yeah, be a cool souvenir. Mm-hmm. If, if so. y'all could get me one, I'd appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll think I'll about take. It. Uh, I don't even need the cheese that's in the box. Just give me the box. I'll steal it's... someone's box. <laughs> yeah, it. I don't know if it'll be personalized with your name on it because, you know, you got to be Brendan you know, Sinone, watch to go out. cover it. Taking yeah, your box, what? Cheez-Its. Yeah, we're taking all your boxes. Uh, but, yeah, that'll be pretty fun. Looking forward. We'll have a lot more. Florida State goes back to practice on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be out there Friday for that to get started for bowl prep. Florida State Seminoles doing that. I'm expecting to. We got an email today. Seems like they're going to have a few practices in Orlando. So we'll be getting some more info on that. And when we'll be down there to give you some coverage on Florida State's bowl game back in business, fighting to get 10 wins on the season.
Uh, let's talk some transfer portal stuff, guys. Busy, busy, busy day overall, but it's been a busy week. We didn't get to touch on Sam McCall last week, but former highest rated player in his class, Sam McCall enters the transfer portal. That's a whole kind of discussion there. I'm just going to go along with some names throughout the week. Sean Bray Jackson, Florida State defensive lineman, along with Jarrett Jackson. That's another conversation to have. Are uh, entering the transfer portal. Mari Gaynor, Florida State's linebacker, veteran guy. Keyshawn Hill, another veteran. This side on the offensive side of the ball, at wide receiver, is in, is entering the transfer portal. Both of those guys, Amari Gaynor and Keyshawn Hill, will be sticking around with the program. Dustin, I think you got some scoop on that, but uh, good to see those guys hanging around with the program and through the bowl game. And then Rod Orr, Florida State offensive lineman, and Sydney Williams too entering the NCAA transfer portal. I feel like I'm missing one more name. George, maybe George Wilson. Yep. And George Wilson today, uh, red shirt, freshman defensive end enters the transfer portal, spent a lot of time with the scout team this year. I guess you can categorize him as like a tweener, uh, just trying to continue to put on sizer, but you know, with four to say what they're doing there in the defensive end room, um, it's just guys getting passed up on the depth chart. And that's just kind of the way it goes. Any shockers, the bit any any shockers that you guys would like to bring up in here, or just some names you'd like to go over? I feel like it's, I feel like Jared Jackson has to be the biggest one to me, because um, you're already losing Robert Cooper. You know, I think I think we all expect love it love it to leave. I'm not saying he will, but I think we're all ex- kind of expecting it. So you, you're expecting Jared Jackson to to potentially be a starter next season. Now you're absolutely going to have to take a, a transfer portal D tackle next uh, this off season. Get someone that could come in and play right away. Um, I know we all really like Joshua Farmer. He flashed this year, but you still got to get someone else in that room that can have an immediate impact. Agreed. Yeah, that one definitely a little bit of a surprise when you, like you said, when you think about the depth chart going into next season, but he was banged up throughout the 2022 campaign at times, and, and that led to Malcolm Ray and Joshua Farmer making a leap up that depth chart and kind of taking some of his reps of, believe i'd have to go back and check the article for sure but i'm pretty sure only 14 snaps for jared jackson over his final three appearances of the 2022 season and to your point as far as um, defensive tackle transfers florida state they've already reached out to western michigan's um, Braden fisk and as well as miami's Darrell jackson so those are two early guys in the portal that florida state has displayed an interest in and i think it's obvious that they're making a push for at least one defensive tackle and maybe two to grab in the transfer portal for the 2023, 2023 season to add along to the guys that they already have in that room. we got to remember four true freshmen in that defensive tackle room as well. Daniel Lyons has showed some real flashes. Ayobami Tafasi wasn't eligible this season, but, I mean, the kid has a heck of a frame. Logan, Logan really loves Bishop Thomas, who's flashed at times mm-hmm. during practice. We're going to see what he does throughout the offseason, and then you converted Ontavius Woody from offensive line to defensive line. A lot of potential there for that kid. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys continue to grow over the offseason. But, yeah, like you said, Austin, do expect Florida State to dip into that transfer portal, make at least one addition to shore up that room. But if Fabian if Fabian Lovett comes back, shouldn't be a huge drop-off in the middle, I, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jared Jackson definitely an interest when dealt with injuries throughout the season. Another one 
from today, Sidney Williams uh, converted over to linebacker, but we know him from last year at that safety position. Didn't see a lot of playing time on the defensive side, more on the special teams, but this is one where I'm looking at depth for next season. And, you know, I thought he'd be a guy that could jump into that rotation. We see him in practices. Guys, may, he'll make plays physical. Uh, we see in the special teams too. But if you're looking at a potential Jamie Robinson, which we, you know, that he, he's off to the league. And then what, what is Akeem Den doing here? Uh, what, what, what's going to be his decision? Uh, that's something I'm keeping a close eye on too right now. Um, after, you know, I was expecting a little bit more from Akeem this up this last season overall. Uh, and does he stick around? Does he move on? I think going into the season, we all were thinking, yeah, this is the last, two, this is the last year for both of those guys. But now Akeem Dent has a decision to make, but still I thought Sydney Williams would go back to that uh, safety position and help there if need be, but just kind of, I wouldn't say it was a shocker that he's deciding to enter the enter the transfer portal and test some options there, but uh, I just think looking ahead for next year, and if you're looking at the safety position, even at even at linebacker if you want to, but primarily at the safety position, you'd like to have a guy that's been in the system already, and you've seen the flashes from him from a young guy last year, and just went through injuries, and I just thought that was an interesting one from today to come out. I, th- I think Shaheen Brown passing up on the depth chart kind of reset his expectations because Shaheem was really good to close the season. Um, oh, I love Shaheem. Oh, yeah. And, and he's, I think he's in line to start next season with, with, with the way he closed the season. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I wasn't too surprised when I saw the Sydney Williams news. You know, he got passed up and, you know, maybe there's more opportunities elsewhere. To me, it's just the writing on the wall. Like you said, Sydney Williams clearly is passing him up and has a bright future at Florida State. And I think this Shaheem. maybe shows that, yeah, I'm sorry. But I think this shows that Akeem Dent is going to be back in the fold for Florida State in 2023 so you're gonna have a veteran back at safety him and Cheyenne Brown could be a really heck of a combination Florida State they've also extended an offer to a a safety transfer out of Boston breaking 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 breaking. Daryl Jackson has committed to Florida State a Miami transfer defensive tackle Um, right on cue right on cue at 853 853 uh we're gonna go ahead and make sure we get the tweet out Miami fans. Hey, hey, you get to be here live for this. Uh, let me get the tweet out. I love how we were just talking about, you know, they're going to need a, a T-tackle. That's what I was saying. And here we are. They get a guy that they're familiar with, obviously, from last season. They recruited him uh, before he committed to Miami, and he played pretty well this season. Um, so I'm excited to see what Odell can do with him. Yeah, this is huge. Uh, one of Miami's yeah, uh, best uh, players. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'll get everything out. I was saying one of Miami's best players along the defensive line in 2022. Are you taking care of the article, by the way? Am I yeah. taking care of the article? Yeah. Make sure you <laughs> – sure you, you, you talk – I think it's on his Instagram. Yeah, you talk but anyway, I'll take care of embedding. Starting over, one of Miami's best uh, – Defensive players during the 2022 season, especially on defensive line, along with Leonard Taylor. He started all 12 regular season games for the Hurricanes, 27 tackles, 4.5 tackles for loss, three sacks, and a pass deflection. Jackson actually began his career at Maryland, where he played last year as a true freshman in reserve duty and then ended up transferring to Miami over the offseason. So now he's going to be making his second transfer in two years, which means he's going to need a hardship waiver but he does have a family member that is dealing with an illness. I believe it's his mother. 
So they do have a case to make to the NCAA to gain eligibility for the 2023 season. Also a guy, a former high school teammate of Joshua Farmer at Gadsden County. They were both members of that 2021 class. Jackson actually had an offer from Florida State at the time, but like I said, elected to go to Maryland out of high school. Um, Corey Fuller was his head coach in high school, now at Florida State in an off-field role. So got the ties to Tallahassee, obviously getting back close to home. And, you know, we'll see about as far as the eligibility battle, that'll be something to track over the coming weeks. But Jackson instantly going to be in the rotation for Florida State at defensive tackle. And depend on whether Fabian Lovett comes back or not, this could be a guy that starts for FSU as soon as next season alongside one of Joshua Farmer or Malcolm Ray. So a really big commitment for Florida State and the first one so far as far as transfers since the regular season completed for the Seminoles. And I think this is just the beginning. We're going to see them push for probably five to ten transfers over the next couple of weeks and months. And to your point about him getting that hardship waiver, he's from Havana, Florida, which is, you know, 20 minutes north of yeah. Tallahassee. So it's, you know – Right around the corner, literally. Um, so I, I think we're all expecting to get that waiver. And as Dustin mentioned, that defensive line looks a little bit better with him as part of that fold. Yeah, a nice pickup there. Yeah, right here live on the show. I'm still trying to get the – man, you're slow. <laughs> I had, I'm over here. I had to get the, I had to get the picture off of his uh, Instagram here. There we go. Now I got it. He didn't do it through Twitter. You had to get the picture for what? To get the his uh, commitment picture. There was a picture on the article. It said embed. There you go. Now it's published. I did for the uh, the embed his post there, but I'm trying to see what he said there so I can tell the podcast on his post from Instagram. He says take off reunited. So he has a lot of ties here, also with Corey Fuller. Joshua Farmer, like I had said, I mean, uh, it just kind of makes sense here. Whereas, you know, like you said, Dustin, I think you covered it, that he would be visiting Florida State soon. I didn't think that would delay anything for him on his commitment. The ties with his mom going through medical stuff. Valdosta's there, too, not too far away. It just made it to where he doesn't have to do a whole lot of homework. He's got too many ties, too many relationships, and that makes it a little bit easier there for him. And like I said, especially because he already went through this process last year with Florida State and yeah, he eventually did decide to go to Miami for this past season, but you know, I think he knows he's where he's supposed to be. Where he's supposed to be is Florida State. That's for dang sure. Uh, any other touchings on some of the transfer portal stuff, guys? You want to note Delu and VZ on Sam McCall and that whole situation that ended up being a whole month long thing. He's in the transfer portal. He's not. He's sticking with the program. Then he's hitting the transfer portal. It seems to be about playing time with him. Thoughts on that, guys, and Sam McCall? I mean, Norvell has shown that if you're not going to put in the work, you're not going to play. Um, and if you're not going to buy into the culture, you're not going to play. And I think that's kind of what we saw, you know. We saw the pictures of McCall sitting by himself on the bench when everyone else is up. Um, and that kind of just seemed to be one microcosm snapshot of the whole season. And, you know, bye, I guess. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to be here, don't. It's, it's as simple as that with Norvell, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree, Austin. I think it was just clear that, you know, FSU's culture and McCall weren't really fitting 
one another. And I honestly, I have my doubts that Sam McCall even ends up at Tallahassee if Travis Hunter, you know, would have flipped before early signing day or would have would have let Sam McCall know what he was going to do. I have my doubts that he would have ended up here out of high school regardless. But yeah, I mean, we saw the staff gave him a look at cornerback. They gave him a look at safety. They tried to keep him involved by getting him special teams reps at kick return. And it just didn't mesh for whatever reason. Um, and whether that some of that was due to AZ taking on a big role as a true freshman or not, you know, that that's up for debate. But McCall, just as a former five-star prospect, a guy that ended up as a four-star prospect coming out of uh, high school, I think he expected to play a little bit more during his first season at the college level. And, you know, Florida State, they play the best players, regardless of your ranking coming out of high school. And McCall didn't put himself in that position this season, but there was still a chance with him making that move to safety to make a pretty big contribution in 2023. Instead, he decided to look elsewhere. And I don't think Florida State's coaching staff or the players are too miffed about that loss. Uh, We all saw the orange jersey being placed on – his locker on his Instagram post that I think ended up being deleted. That just, in my opinion, shows how everyone felt about that departure. Yeah. It didn't seem like uh, a lot of them were on the same. uh, I don't know. Just didn't seem right. A lot of uh, you saw throughout the latter half of the season too. You saw some of the young guys like Rodney Hill post on social media, Omar Graham Jr. Post on social media saying, Hey, I like being around this group watching some of the starters ahead of me is only going to help me develop. And it seemed like they were throwing some shade at Sam McCall whenever he was going through some of that stuff, posting online, posting social media, posting Instagram, putting that, that uh, transfer portal note out on Instagram, taking it away. It just seemed like a lot of drama that, as we know, I think minor Bell's tried to clean that up and he's done a really good job of doing that. Uh, just, it's just how it works, man. You just got to move on from that kind of stuff. You don't want to have that in the locker room. That's something Mike has wanted to get rid of. And sorry. And well, one thing is, Dilu, you and I would see him at practice with the second team. We, he'd get the opportunities, man. And then you'd see him in games also. But I think, too, you're watching Azrae Thomas jump in and get early early uh, playing time ahead of him. I mean, it just depends if you want to fight and be there and continue to develop. Your, and you're still a true damn freshman. You would have thought this was – a redshirt sophomore, junior guy, not getting playing time. I mean, look at the attitude that Brendan Gann has had. I know, Dilo, you're very high on him. The way that he stuck with the program and worked himself up to where he is at that linebacker position. Um, just some guys aren't from the same cloth. Even even a guy like Jerry and Jones, who has had his ups and downs throughout his tenure at Florida State, and a guy who gets a lot of criticism from fan base and from the media – he got a chance to call everybody out after the UF game. You know, good for him getting that interception against Florida that ended up re- resulting in the victory. But, you know, I think it's just the mentality. Um, and some guys, they want to prove themselves and get on the field. And some guys, you know, they just don't want to wait. And I, I don't think McCall had the patience, but he also – it just didn't feel like he was as bought in as some other guys on the roster. And we can reference those pictures or, or whatever from him standing away from the team – blah, blah, blah. Just regardless, I just don't think it was a, a good fit. And like I said, I don't think this this partnership wouldn't have even happened if Travis Hunter would have flipped from Florida State earlier in the process because that was a huge reason that he ended up in Tallahassee. And I'm sure yeah. some people are going to say, oh, Norvell loses his highest rated recruit, you know. And I, a lot of people bring that 
criticism for him just recruiting in general, but Norvell has shown that he can win with transfers, not just recruiting. Um, so I'm sure he's going to go out, find someone that's a better fit for the program and someone that actually wants to buy into this culture and be successful as a team, not just as a player. And McCall was always a guy that was going to need some development at the college level. You know, a tremendous, tremendous athlete with very good physical attributes. But as far as his ability in coverage and learning the nuances of playing defensive back, which is one of the toughest positions to play at the college level, whether you're playing cornerback or safety, especially with the advantages that offenses get in this day and age of college football. That's a position that for some guys, it just takes time to grasp it mentally and you know it was really good to see az get that involvement this year and he's gonna he's gonna be really good for florida state in the future but i just think mccall he didn't have the patience he didn't want to wait um obviously wish him the the best of luck but it just wasn't a fit at florida state Val reacting to the commitment from Daryl Jackson, the Miami defensive tackle transfer, said, great day to be a Florida State Seminole Knoll family, adding a big man in the trenches. Tribe 23 just got stronger. Home sweet, hashtag home sweet home. Future is bright in Tallahassee. Hashtag keep climbing. So the head man really excited about the new addition to Florida State's defensive line. I'm sure Odell Hagan's too, licking at his chops with what he's going to be having next year too. There's a lot to like and having that – instant you know it just seems to be the case guys florida state always having a plan b c and d you lose jared jackson to the to the transfer portal like we talked about has a chance had a chance to start next season and you lose him goes portal and then just a few days later florida state makes up for it and they bring in a guy that can play some ball we'll talk a lot more about daryl jackson i'm sure in the coming weeks uh anything else to note out of transfer portal I know there will be some more names that will pop up into there. Uh, I would just say, you know, got to keep an eye on the tight ends as far as um, shorter transfer. Kyle Morlock, mm-hmm. who who was here for Florida State's regular season finale victory against Florida and is supposed to return this weekend for an official visit. And then you've also got South Carolina transfer tight end uh, Jaheim Bell, who we've been told that Florida State plans to pursue. Sounds like he's going to be in town for an official visit this weekend as well. So, I mean, man, it's just just gearing up. You've got high school guys coming in, transfer guys coming in over, over the next couple of weeks. Two very huge recruiting weekends for Florida State coming up as far as December 9th through 11th and December 16th through 18th. I uh, believe on December 17th, that'll be the, the groundbreaking date for Florida State's football-only facility. So I'm one of the biggest recruiting weekends of the entire year for Florida State in that 2023 recruiting cycle they'll be uh, breaking ground on the football-only facility and showing a, a huge investment that the university is making into the football program moving forward. I can't be the only one that's really hopeful about Jaheim Bell and what he would look like in a Florida State mm-hmm. offense with Norvell because we already saw him run the ball at South Carolina. What, what can he do with a play caller like Norvell that loves to use his players in space? You know, that, That's just something I would love to see. And Norvell loves, loved his tight ends at Memphis. We haven't really seen it since he's gone to Florida State. A guy like Bell would be crazy for this offense and just take it to a whole nother level. And it's I'll worth noting, it's worth noting real quick, they do have some ties here because they were recruiting Bell out of high school. And he's also a guy that's from kind of local to the area as far as being from Valdosta, you know, only about an hour, hour and a half away from Tallahassee, still still in that region. So they, they do have some ties to this recruitment. And like you said, Norvell – he knows how to use these guys in a multitude of ways. 
Bell is a guy that you can just utilize across that offense as far as in the backfield, as a receiver, not really your typical tight end. And then you have Morlock with that six foot seven, I think 235, 240 pound frame who, who has mm. dominated at, at the D2 level over the past couple of years. Um, get those two guys potentially alongside a, a Mark Keaston Douglas come back in the fold, seen some signs from true freshman Brian Courtney. I think the jury's out with Jackson West, you know, being limited this year with some injuries, but a little bit, a little bit of excitement bubbling for, for the tight end room guys. It, it was a room that we were down a little bit, I would say going into the 2022 Only season. A little bit. <laughs> we, we thought it was the worst position group on the offense and, and the team going into uh, the 2022 yeah. season. Uh-huh. They surprised me a little bit, I think with their performance as a unit, not really one standout, I would say, but the, the emergence of Mark Easton, Cam McDonald doing a little bit more, um, getting involved in the offense as a receiver. I, w- I was impressed. So if you're able to bring in two bonafide guys like Morlock and Bell to add along Marquise, and we'll see who else develops, you know, Courtney, um, Jarrell Powers, it could be getting very fun. And whenever Mike Norvell arrived at Florida State from Memphis, we all talked about his ability to utilize tight ends. He hasn't had a chance to do that yet at Florida State. This was the closest group that he's been able to do that with. Give him some real tools. I'm excited to see what he can do with that room. Yeah, there was a ton of bodies in the tight end room this year, but the ceiling was super low uh, for this group as a collective. And I think I honestly think they almost exceeded that ceiling for what they thought they could do this this season. I would say. Um, yeah. I, I was really, really pleased with the way Marquise and Douglas played, um, especially utilizing him in the screen game. I was really surprised how well that continued to work late in the season. Um, but they, they still need like – a bonafide talent in there, someone that can really be a difference maker every time he steps out on the field. They didn't really have that these past couple years in the tight end room. No, they have not had that talent. Haven't had that talent since Nick O'Leary, for let's just be honest. I mean, maybe Ryan Izzo, but they haven't had a skilled player that they've been able to use as a deadly target at tight end for a while. And can you imagine what Mike Norvell could do with a player like that? If you're able to add on the other tight end too, you're looking at like a Georgia type of offense there where you're also game prepping at that tight end position. We've seen Cam McDonald make some plays. We've seen Marquise and Douglas, but there's level, there's different levels to the skill sets here. And let's just be honest, the bell raises that room a lot in what Florida state can do offensively and explosively. And that's a guy that is a hybrid is a hybrid uh, tight end. He can work as a wide receiver. If you want him, he can be at a tight end, but he's not going to be a lead blocking type of player like a Marquise and Douglas, but if you can use him in different ways, like we've seen Mike Norvell be able to do with the talent that he's got right now, you could, you know, you're just licking your chops at what Bell could do in this Mike Norvell offense. Yeah. Especially because with with this past season, tight ends were used for screens and then those, you know, fake, fake handoffs really deep in the red zone where you just throw it over the top. That's how they got their tight end touchdowns this year. Yeah. Bell and Morlock would, both be difference makers at Florida State in that tight end room. And, you know, we have reason to believe that they would take both of those players if the opportunity presents itself. Um, they, they should both be in Tallahassee for official visits this weekend. So we'll see a, another contender for Morlock is Tennessee. They actually got a transfer tight end commitment today. So kind of interested to see maybe the weight that that has on that recruitment. And then as far as Bell, we'll see which – potential suitors emerge, but you've got to feel comfortable with the connections that Florida State has to him that they should be able to win this recruitment out if, if they really go for it like it sounds like they are going to. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, anything 
anything else recruiting wise, Dustin? I don't have anything else on the dock except for um, the footballing facility update. Anything worth noting on recruiting side or any upcoming visits that might just, be worth mentioning to the listeners? Yeah, I already mentioned the two big official visit weekends coming up, which we'll have some more names on that out. You know. Okay. Over the next couple of days, I think I think we pretty much put everyone out for this weekend, but there still could be a couple guys that are late announcements to come in. Um, it, it's yeah, I guess I haven't mentioned Edwin Joseph. So Edwin Joseph, twenty twenty three defensive back, he should be in for his official visit this weekend. It's possible these are high school prospects, by the way, not transfers. Four star linebacker and Virginia commitment, Cameron Robinson. Could be in for for an official visit as well. That one is not confirmed yet, but Florida State is trying to get him in. I think really the only thing for me as far as transfers, Florida State did offer UTEP transfer um, offensive tackle Jeremiah Byers. Was it yesterday or Monday? I don't know. My days are all screwed up because of that freaking bachelor party. I guess it was. I guess it was Monday. So Florida State they offered the. Yeah, it was Monday evening. Monday evening, they offered the UTEP right tackle transfer, an all-conference player. Um, you know, Florida State, they're, they're going to lose a couple guys on the offensive line this offseason to, to graduation, like Demetri Emanuel, Dylan Gibbons, Jason Turnatine. We'll see what happens with Caden Lyles. Uh, Robert Scott could go to the NFL, but it seems like, you know, being banged up throughout the year, he's probably going to come back, give it a go for one more season in Tallahassee. You should have Darius Washington. Marie Smith back. Bless Harris should be back after that season injury, season ending injury that he suffered. So Byers is a potential right tackle or maybe even interior prospect for Florida State. Who knows? You know, you could you could get him in and then push Darius and, and Bless Harris inside. It's it's going to depend. It's going to be like this year. I think Alex Atkins he's going to have a lot of fun combinations to work with and explore over the off season and the spring and the summer, because not only some of these veterans, but you've got some interesting young talent like Julian Armella, Jalen Early, Kanaya Charlton, Bryson Estes even. So, you know, still, even though you're losing some guys, I think Florida State, they're going to push for a transfer to, to shore up the unit. I've got Lucas Simmons committed, maybe get a Juco guy as well. And another high school guy to, to round out the fold. But, I don't think you'll see too much of a drop off on the offensive line. And, you know, assuming that you keep Atkins for another year, you've got to be excited with, with the way that unit has been improving. And, and there's no such thing as too much versatility or too much depth on the offensive line. We've seen mm-hmm. this group get hit really, mm-hmm. really hard with injuries the last couple of years. Um, continue to add guys that can play multiple positions, continue to add guys that have experience. You can never go wrong. Mm-mm, not at all. Uh, Joshua Dean here is asking, going back to quarterback, do you think Tate Rodemaker will stay being Jordan is going to stay in 2023? You know, it just depends on what Rodemaker wants to do. You know, he's still, you know, projected to be a backup, but you're looking at A.J. Duffy. And then you look at ahead of the schedule here. You've got Brock Lynn. you got Luke Crumminhoek later on in 2024 class, which is very exciting. But, you know, it just depends on what Rodemaker feels like is what's best for him. Does he want to continue? Does he think, you know, playing college football is something that he wants to continue to do or did, would he want to stick around with Florida state and, and coach Tokars and Mike Ravel and that offense. But it's really a personal thing here. And we've seen AJ Duffy 
there's not a sign to where AJ Duffy's telling us as us going to practices who've been been covering him closely to say, oh man, he's making strides and strides ahead of Tate Rodemaker to be your solidified backup. No, you know, Rodemaker has earned that right to be behind Jordan Travis, but does he think he can take it to another program and do that? It just depends on what Tate would like to do in his career path. But that one's that one's a a, a a 50-51 in my eyes, definitely with Brock Glenn coming in in, in this upcoming class. I, th- I personally think, I mean, I don't obviously don't know anything. I think he sticks around this season, and then after Travis leaves, you know, he plays out that spring, and if after that spring he's feeling like he's a backup again to either Duffy or, or Brock Glenn, that would be the time he goes, you know what, maybe I need to find a program that's going to let me play and transfer out in the 24th spring, but, you know, who knows, really. It's just going to depend, you know, this is a day and age where quarterbacks, if they don't play in their first year or two, they're, they're jumping to go to an opportunity, find somewhere else to play. You know, we saw it didn't work out with a guy that Rodemaker signed with out of high school and Chubba Purdy. He transferred from Florida state. He landed at Nebraska. The head coach got fired and he's the number three quarterback. And now he can't transfer again without having to sit out or get a hardship waiver or for something. You know, so maybe Rodemaker sees that and he doesn't want to make that leap and make the wrong leap. Um, this is a guy who's been at Florida State <clears throat> for three years. He grew up as a as a Florida State fan throughout his life, you know, so this was always a dream for him. And even though he hasn't been able to take the starting reins so far in Tallahassee, I think just being a part of this program, uh, you know, that's something that he loves. And he was able to make more of an impact this year than his first two years in Tallahassee winning a game for Florida State on the road at Louisville, as you said, um, would probably be the primary backup for Jordan Travis again next season, which would be his fourth season at the college level. And then he can make that decision, as Austin noted, between returning to Florida State for another year and fighting for that backup job with with A.J. Duffy, with Brock Glenn, with, Brock Glenn, with Luke Cromenhoke – or Cromenhock. Sorry, let me get that right. Um, so we'll just have to see. I, I, think, I think it's an interesting scenario – you know, where everyone goes to play, but he's kind of sitting here waiting his turn and we'll, we'll see if it pays off for him. But regardless, I I think you've got to give the kid credit for sticking around, you know, continuing to fight, even though he's a backup quarterback. And then when his number did get called, he was prepared enough to go in there and get Florida state a victory. And I I think that's something that the coaching staff, they, they covet for sure. And and everybody wrote him off, you know, that's not that five months ago we're going, Oh God, what if Travis gets hurt? Gets hurt mm-hmm. against Louisville and, you know, Rodemaker put on a hell of a performance, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, really gave not just the staff, but all the fans a lot of belief in him. And I, I think that matters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, now, bringing up recruiting, too, again, you know, Florida State uh, has a big, big next weekend, something that a lot of FSU fans and a lot of recruits have been keeping an eye on Florida State will be groundbreaking their football only facility on December 17th, uh, which is a big move, big move for the Seminoles and trying to get back onto the map. And, and, and on that part of things, we've seen UF as a comment here from Kelly on YouTube asking, will the football only facility help with recruiting? I feel like UF has seen an uptick in recruiting with theirs. And I think, too, that uptick of having a new coach. And the stadium with the program also helps with that. But absolutely, yeah, a football-only facility only helps your chances with landing some with some guys, just depending on what they personally think. But, yeah, uh, Florida State will be groundbreaking there. We're hoping 
we're planning on being there for that groundbreaking ceremony led by Michael Alford, Florida State's athletic director. Uh, uh, this would it's a it's a big 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 time move for Florida State and a lot of things that they've been wanting to do for quite a long while now. We brought it up earlier and we've we've talked about you know what Florida State building a footballing facility, what Jimbo wanted whenever he was here complained about it and then you know it's taken a little while uh, i think things rushed really quickly after having the national championship that boom snap your fingers and you can get a football on facility um it's taken a little while but with having michael alfred as athletic director things have seemed to be moving a little bit faster um but it seems like they're in good hands too with alfred and you know we, we're hoping to get him on the podcast soon most likely uh, after the bowl game to really give us a rundown on what this looks like, what it entails, what the timeline looks like. But on December 17th of that weekend, you know, a lot of big time boosters involved with this will be in attendance for the groundbreaking ceremony, which if nobody knows where the location is going to be for this, it's going to be right by Florida State's already IPF right there, but it's going to be on the stadium drive side of that parking lot. So they're going to build I've, I don't have all the details on take right away now, my but... parking spot. Thanks. Thanks for the state. I'm sure they're really going to be sad about that. I'm that's where sure I, that's will. where I park. Your parking day. spot is now going to be your parking spot is now going to be a 20 foot jacuzzi. I'm at the park right? next to that's you. That's what it's going to be. To be fair. That's already how it felt like parking at Doe Campbell stadium. <laughs> like anytime you can try to go to the Morris center, it's mm-hmm. just, you can't find parking anywhere. It's always been that way. It's not going to change anything. Nope, but yeah, big time move there. But yeah, recruiting, I'm sure that will help too with getting this actually groundbreaking this thing. See it get developed. We'll get some time lapse and things of construction going on. It's they're 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 trying to catch up, man. It's taking a little while, but it seems to be finally happening. It's gonna be huge just to continue to modernize the facilities. I know someone asked about does this help with recruiting? Yeah, because Recruits love the the new bells and whistles. Uh, look at look at Florida State breaking out these uniform combinations. I mean, recruits are loving it. The all white, the the black, and the garnet pants, or you know, just all the different kinds of little things. That stuff that catches the eyes of high schoolers and transfers and things like that. It's not it's not a huge selling point, but it's still something that Florida State can utilize and to get some attention as far as nationally. I mean, look at. The, the white uniforms against Louisville on a Friday night, perfect time to debut those. So, you know, I think you've got the right people in the program who are making those decisions. And I mean, you still want to keep things traditional um, most of the time as far as sticking to Florida State's brand, but also making some of those splashes. And I think we're getting a nice little balance of that with with the way that Mike Norvell and and Alford and the other leadership, other other leadership entities throughout the university and program are doing and it's got to be exciting for the future is not only for recruits, but, but also for fans with the way the, the trajectory that this program is moving on. I mean, it's clearly going upwards and Florida state. I mean, now we're talking about them being right back in there in the conversation for the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, David's asking over under on a, another portal commitment within 24 hours. Go and give me the. Not be, be I surprised. Think, I don't think. It'd be shocking. Be surprised. Give me the under on that one. Maybe before the weekend's you. over. <laughs> yep. Right, go, go and give me the under on it. Now, if you're going to say any transfer portal news in total, then I might go over there at this point. <laughs> it's been every day, definitely this one overall, 
and has been busy with a lot of news coming out of the FSC with guys in the transfer portal. Uh, before we move on to some basketball updates from oh, VZ. <laughs> but we got to mention one of our great sponsors here on the show, Alumni Hall. Our friends over there are giving you guys 15% off if you use code SPEARHOLIDAY. You guys can go use that whenever you want online they're in the miracle plaza here in tallahassee easy access right next to a lot of good food spots too and some great shopping options uh and also if you need to go get some groceries go stop by alumni hall over there they do a fantastic job of gearing you guys up throughout the season definitely if you're prepping to go down to orlando make sure you go there and get decked out and all kinds of things they've got hatch drinkware for the tailgates um, they've got wall art. I need some stuff. I'm about to be moving, so I'm going to have to go by and grab some goodies uh, before I get down there so I can deck out the office room. But use SPEAR HOLIDAY, all caps there. You get an additional 15% off. An additional note always that if you're an FSU student, so any FSU students listening, also if you are faculty or in the military, you get 10% off in store every day, no matter what. So shout out to them for doing that. But definitely, I know a lot of FSU students listen here. Make sure you use that code or just tell them, hey, FSU students, show them your ID and you'll get 10% off. So some great stuff there from Alon Hall, our friends. But uh, this deal is going to run all the way through December 24th online. So Spear Holiday, it's on the screen right there. Make sure you guys go use that with our friends at Alumni Hall. Big time bowl game, big bowl game coming up. So I know a lot of FSU fans are looking to grab some gear before heading down there. Uh, let's uh, let's jump into some basketball. The one and nine now, Leonard Hamilton. I mean, I, it doesn't feel real. I'll be And I will be honest, I've kind of blocked basketball out of my brain. I think a lot of maybe FSU fans have wanted to do the same. But VZ, nonetheless, you've got to cover them. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, and some bad news here. We can probably start off off with that one. I would, Easy with a star player going down. Not good. Yeah. It, really, the only bright spot for Florida State this season had been Cameron Fletcher. Um, he'd been phenomenal this season, honestly. was the one guy you could tell cared. Uh, was leading the team in rebounds. And for a team that was struggling to rebounds, um, he was doing a damn good job flying down low. He was averaging seven and a half boards a game, averaging a career high you know, 10.3 points per game, I believe. Um, he goes down very late in the Virginia game. I think there's only about eight seconds left when he got hurt, um, went up for a ball, came down awkwardly on it. Immediately, you know, that did not look good. Um, was carried back to the locker room after the game. You know, I, I'm, I'm down there in the tunnels. I'm talking to the guys, just kind of observing things. And, you know, they, they seemed kind of optimistic that he avoided something serious. Um, he, he was able to walk under his own power to the x-ray room from what I was told. And, um, next day it comes out that he will be out for the season and, you know, you, you, you can speculate, you can, you can do what you want. I, my belief, I haven't been told anything. I believe it's a meniscus injury, um, simply for the fact that the news came out on a Sunday and you can't get MRIs on a Sunday. Um, so that, that is my belief. We'll see if they ever end up announcing it, but it's just a tough blow for, for a team that's been you know, struck time after time at, with the front court this season with Jalen Ganey, Jalen Ganey turning his ACL in the preseason, Baba Miller getting suspended for bullshit reasons. Um, you know, Nahima Cloud's been bad. Uh, you can argue he lost Florida State the Virginia game with his first two minutes in the second half. Um, 
the front court's been just absolutely depleted and just another hit just keep on coming and uh mm. it sucks it, it just, it's just i mean the bad luck it's brutal it's it's i've never seen anything like it i mean it's unreal how many injuries this team has suffered in the last you know full calendar year dating back to last season they just, they just keep on coming um I, I feel bad for damon the athletic trainer because he's got a lot of he's had a lot of work on his hands these last last season and a half um just keeps on coming. And, and honestly, the team looked decent against Purdue and Virginia. You know, showed some real fight against two really, really good teams. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that they, they absolutely had their chances to win both the Purdue and the Virginia game. It, it, like I said, if McLeod doesn't have that boneheaded stretch in the first two minutes where it's offensive foul, comes down, gets a goaltending call, goes down on the other end, misses a layup, then comes back down and gets a flagrant foul. You know, Virginia <laughs> scores 13 points in the first four minutes of the – second half strictly due to due to Naheem you know if they don't have that stretch Florida State might win that ball game and we've seen mm-hmm. weird things happen in that arena and weird things were happening down the stretch you know Kihei Clark was dribbling off his foot and there's bad passes out of bounds from Virginia stuff that you just don't see from the Cavaliers normally you know Florida State was really applying the pressure and it was affecting Virginia a little bit um then to see Fletcher go down just just a brutal close to a week that Honestly, showed a little bit of hope. Honestly, um, now they've had a week off to kind of regroup and recover, and they'll be playing one of the ten worst teams in the country in Louisville. And I'm not making that up. Uh, so you're saying you're going to predict Florida State to win? But I think by double digits. Um, well, they Louisville, play like they did against Purdue, and Louisville is horrendous. Uh, the NCAA released their first net rankings. Um, which is kind of like how they do their – it's kind of like their AP Top 25 in a way, but they rank every team from top to bottom to kind of prepare them uh, for tournament seeding. And let me just double-check where Louisville's at right now. Uh, they are 360th out of 363 teams. So they're pretty bad. Yikesies. They're bad. So they should still win this weekend, but man, can this team catch a break, please? Is Florida State at three sixty two? Uh, no, Florida State was at like two ninety. Let me. Oh, nice. Two ninety one. So you know, not great, but you know, better than Louisville. <laughs> um, and and it's it's crazy because the um, the staff was feeling really good, honestly. You know, coming out of the Virginia game, they're like, you know, we saw some good things. We're, we're, we're liking the way we're going. And then they get the Fletcher news. Just, you know, again, takes all the wind out of their sails. For, like, yeah. for, a, team, for a team that's already struggling to rebound, like, where do you go from here? Mm. Home? Oh, no. <sighs> Back to bed. I mean, like, I don't, I honestly, I don't know what you do. I mean, you're already... You're already playing Deontay Green, who tore his ACL less than a year ago, and I'm I've, I'm shocked that he's in the game. It, I don't know. It's it's tough times. It's gonna be heck of a rock fight on Saturday. It's gonna be pretty ugly for the for the college basketball diehards. This is gonna be a sickos committee kind of game. Um, just yeah. just a game just a game no one's gonna want to watch. It's it's mm. one of those kind of games. Um, it's 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 brutal. 
absolutely brutal. Well, how I, long I, until Baba's back? January 11th is when he's that's due the back. Thing. I think that's just always should be looking forward to. Yeah, that's a month away. Well, just start the countdown now. It's going to be a uh, long month. It's going to be a very long month because after, <laughs> this, after, after this next you know week and a half where you have you have Louisville, you have USC Upstate, then you have St. John's, it uh, it turns up pretty quick because uh, it's Notre Dame before Christmas who can shoot the three as well as any team in the country. And then right out of Christmas, you play at Duke. So mm, it's going to be Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> it's New Year's Eve. So, yeah. Uh, oh, I will not. Be... That makes it even more of a reason for me to and an excuse to go get drunk somewhere. Well, I'm going to that game instead of the bowl game. So wish, wish me well. <sighs> well, that one, I, you'll, you'll do enough jam and damage on your own. You are the sicko damage. committee. I know. I'm well aware. <laughs> you'll be sitting right nice and tight which up close you know to, to, to be fair you could look at this and go you know duke lost by 28 to purdue florida state only lost by 10 you could look at it that way and have some hope but that's know, be, a great way realistic. to think i'll be realistic yeah, that, yeah that's a great way of thinking and dreaming it is always great to think that way so is there anything uh, positive that we can look forward to on, on for basketball if you didn't if you didn't just hear, he kind of just gave it to you. That was about it. Um, positives. Yeah. What can I take away positive? Darren Green, shoot the ball pretty well. Tom House has crazy confidence. You know, we saw that the Virginia game where he's just pulling. And, you know, it was a big reason Florida State was in that game in the first half. Uh, outside of that. Uh, they still have the N7 jerseys. They still and they're 1-0 one, they're one one this season in the N7 jerseys. Well, put them on. What are we doing? Might have to break those out on Saturday. Keep it going. <laughs> every Saturday. <laughs> every game. Every game. Bring Just them out. Um, yeah. Besides Hamilton that. still has his job. Still has his job. Well, yeah. And, and, a- and uh, Alfred was in attendance for the Virginia game on Saturday. Uh, I noticed him a few times talking to all the coaches. And after the game, him and Hamilton had a conversation as Hamilton walked to the press room. So, you know, there's dialogue happening. Yeah. Still in contact. It's good to know. Other than that, yeah, I think that's about it. I love the comment on here. Uh, well, I would okay, like back to, to happiness. Y'all sound depressed. I, I would am. like to okay. end. I would like to end this episode off on a good note because we do mm. have some transfer news breaking right now. Oh, first reported by Knowles two four seven. So let me put that out there so Brendan doesn't sock me on Friday. But guy, we were just talking about a, a couple minutes ago. UTEP offensive tackle transfer jeremiah byers will be taking an official visit to florida state this weekend which is absolutely a huge development as we were talking maybe a potential starter for florida state along that offensive line if not a crucial depth piece for florida state in 2023 if they're able to land him an all-conference performer at utep who could play either inside or outside on the right side of that offensive line so we'll see how it works out from here but a big weekend getting a little busier for me it's going to be a fun couple of days huge weekend to be out there d lou oh and also the battles in just announced a relationship with joshua farmer mm-hmm. yeah i'm planning to be exactly. out there since we've got practice we got practice friday saturday sunday so i'll be out there regardless but yeah friday majority of the visitors if not all of them should be arriving at florida state did notice that practice logan it's scheduled what about 450 455 or so so you would think yeah. with them, with Florida State practicing so late in the day, they probably did that so that they could get the transfers on or get the 
get all of the visitors on campus, the transfers and the high school guys there so that they can watch that practice. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, they'll be there Friday, depart on Sunday, and we'll be trying to get interviews with every single guy before they head out of Tallahassee. Uh, should should be a fun one and wouldn't surprise me. If, did, did, uh, we even, an addition. did we even bring up uh, Battle's End before you just talked about Farmer? No, because you just – we were going to bring it up earlier, but you just mm-hmm. mentioned all four of the guys that were coming back. But, yeah, we can bring it up real quick if you want. New A new NIL collective, mm-hmm. the Battle's End, uh, has entered the space. It seems like they're primarily going to be focusing on football with the way the current NIL laws are. You can't outwardly state you're only doing one sport. But it seems like their main focus is going to be football <laughs> and – retaining talent uh for Florida State players um CEO Ingram Smith one of the co-hosts of the Nolcast I think probably everyone listening knows knows what that is and you know, we reached out to Ingram we are going to have him come on the podcast here in the near future hopefully later this month or shortly after the new year to talk about the collective a little bit break it down for us about some of the goals and what they're trying to do and I, I think it would be a pretty positive episode you know especially bunch of nil collectives now in this space for fsu and it's just going to be interesting to see kind of how they all coexist and correlate with one another and just yeah. a couple of the players that signed on with him you know patrick payton you know who we talked about his his great season um we, i mentioned jared i mentioned renardo green and you just mentioned joshua farmer and i'm sure there's gonna be more players to come i think jordan, jordan Travis, Trump, yep. he announced it earlier so more players to come i'm sure and I'm sure if we can get, you know, Trey Benson or Jared Verse back, they'll be making an announcement alongside with Battles in. Yeah, those would be some pretty big posts for them. Fabo. That would be not too shabby. And also everybody's seeing the graphics too that they're posting and wondering why does it look like Boston College? It's all about image image rights and everything and going against the NCAA. So any NIL group can't do it. So uh, that's why you're seeing it look a little bit more Boston College. I wish you could do it, add some spears or maybe some travel patterns somewhere on there, but that's just the way it goes with the NCAA. So sadly, it does look like Florida State. Jordan Travis is in a Boston College uniform, but just is what it is. It is what it is with NCAA. I would just say, don't focus. Yeah, I would nice just say, don't focus on the picture. Focus on the fact that they have signed this player to a deal, and that means that they're going to be staying at Florida State. That, that's That's the bigger part. And, it, you know, it's not just for these players. It's going to be for players in the future to give them, a, you know, just more options to get paid. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out. There, there's some yep. big names, and you know how it always – I think it's just how it's going to be. But we're going to have to wait a good little while for some of these bigger names like Trey Benson, Fabian Lovett, Jared Verse. I'd... I'm sure they're working on it, you know. And, I mean, this is just a huge investment. You know, obviously, Florida State cannot be correlated with these NIL collectives, but just – to have a presence in this NIL space, it's just crucial in the modern age of college athletics. You know, we've we've heard from multiple players across the ACC. The one that comes to mind to me is uh, Boston College's Zay Flowers and um, Pittsburgh's – what's the receiver's name? Yeah, the one that he's transferred at, to USC. Yeah, he's at USC now. What's his name? Jordan Addison. That guy. Yeah, Addison. yeah, we heard – obviously, Addison got a ton of money, but um, Zay Flowers – Flat out said it earlier this year. I think it was at uh, the ACC kickoff in Charlotte, if I'm not correct. But he said that he had gotten offers from two or three teams in the six figures. So I mean, it's clear that teams are trying to poach talent from other play- or from other teams across the country. Florida State, they've got some serious talent on this roster. 
you know, there were some rumors that Akeem Dent was, was getting offers last offseason um, at Jamie. certain points. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, this is not only preventing some of these guys from leaving to the professional ranks, but also just doing some proactive work to prevent any type of tampering or poaching of, of crucial players in this program. Yeah, and I like how there's differences in a lot of these FSU collectives. You look at this one. This one is primarily based in the target and goal is to retain, keep some of these guys, keep some of these star players for another season. And then you look at James Coleman's too. They do a really good job of working with these current players and helping set them up to get these brand deals and work them and get those relationships built. You look at Rising Spirit do too and they do a wide range of a lot of things including community work and also a lot with different sports so that's a really cool thing about what's building here at Florida State and um, you know the battle's end is just another one of those that is going to help support the Florida State program they can't work specifically and be in talks with FSU but on their own end they can try to help retain some of these star players which is I think there's some optimism building for 2023 and doing so and having success. So we will see, but I think that's going to end it off guys for this week's episode of here. The spear appreciate everybody as always on here, hanging out to the very end. If you're on YouTube right now, hit the like button. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button too, because we're going to start having a lot more content and different clips going up. Now that the regular season has ended, there's going to be a lot more stuff coming out on YouTube. So make sure you guys subscribe. So then you get notified every time. We release a new episode on there. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We'll give you guys full coverage of the transfer portal. It's been a busy day, expecting probably another one tomorrow. So make sure you guys stay tuned to nolgameday.com. There's coverage on every transfer coming in or coming out, or if there's any kind of scoop, it's going to be on there first. Also, make sure you guys are on our Discord if you're on YouTube right now. It's in the description down below, so make sure you guys go jump in there. It's free to join. We've seen over 250 new users in the last like week or two. It's just been a busy place, and it's good time, so make sure you guys go jump in there. Appreciate everybody. Have a great rest of y'all's week, and we will talk to you guys next Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. See you guys.